Good afternoon on Wednesday, April 4th. I am glad that you are joining us here, whether you're joining us on Facebook or YouTube or you're listening to the podcast. Welcome to The Deep End. The Deep End Podcast. Welcome to the Deep End Podcast brought to you by Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. The Deep End is where we go deeper into the scriptures to empower our walk with God. If you're watching on Facebook Live, we're glad you joined us and we encourage you to be a part of the conversation in the comments below. If you're listening on SoundCloud or your podcast app, be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let's go live to Pastor Tim Hatch as we get started with today's podcast. This is The Deep End. Glad that you're with us. My name is Tim. I'm the pastor of a church called Waters Church in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, with two locations in Milford and Woonsocket as well. So I'm glad you're here. Um, I have a topic that I want to talk to you about in the Deep End podcast today, and that is this topic. Help. Help. I have liberal and conservative Christian friends. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> have you ever had one of those liberal Christians who are like, hey, let's go do this. And you're like, I don't know if I should do that. Or you have maybe one of those conservative Christian friends who's like, you know, you really shouldn't do that. And they kind of like put you down or judge you or whatever like that. We all have that issue. We all have those experiences. We all have Christians on one side or the other. Maybe there are people that you don't talk to anymore because they're too liberal or too conservative for you. Well, we want to stem the tide and tide of those problems and give you some answers from the Bible, we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 14 to uh, verse 1 of chapter 11. Now, the reason why I know what it's like to have liberal and conservative Christian friends is because I have two friends. One's, one's a flaming liberal uh, who just got done watering his marijuana plants in his office, and one's a conservative Christian who still doesn't date girls who don't wear skirts. And... <laughs> So they, true. They are in the studio with me. Welcome, my liberal and conservative Christian friends, Shane and Chris. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. Yes. So <laughs> I, like the, I like the introduction. Too. Yeah, yeah. You're watering your plants. That's well, you. maybe it's you. Oh, yeah. Right. Which one? Let's yeah. let's let them guess who's okay. the liberal and who's the conservative. Let us know in the comments below which one of these <laughs> no, clowns please. do you think <laughs> is my liberal friend and which one is my conservative friend. I don't think it's going to take very long for you to figure it out, but we'll see. Is that a trivia question right there? It's the trivia question. So that's the title. Oh, we say to um, by the way, if you heard that voice just there, we want to say, uh, just pay a little honor to a man mm. who 50 years ago was assassinated by a coward. Um, this man was no coward. He was a champion of civil rights, a champion yeah. for our country's history. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., he was assassinated, believe it or not, 50 years ago today. Do we have slides available? Can we put those up or are they not available? I do have a picture of him here. And just an amazing, an amazing man. And uh, remember, it was the night before he was assassinated. The, the glorious uh, mountaintop promised land speech was delivered. I have a dream, that speech? In Memphis, yeah. yeah. No, not, not the not I have a dream. One. No, oh, okay. there was a different speech. It's called the mountaintop speech. <clears throat> okay. It, uh, All we say to America is be true this. to what you said on paper. <laughs> lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. 
Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over there. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly. Somewhere I read of the freedom of speech. Somewhere I read of the freedom of press. Somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. And that that speech ends with... uh, So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You can't not get chills up your spine when you hear this. You really do. You get chills. And you think about the next day he was assassinated. Wow. And just, uh, he says in the speech, I might not see, I might not get there with you. Right. But I've seen it. Uh, I wish that our cultural commentators of today would read up on him and learn some of his methods because his methods today have seem, seemingly been forgotten by everybody who's on the political commentary circuit. You know, non-aggression, um, mm-hmm. peaceful protest, mm-hmm. uh, respect uh, for um, the dignity of every human being. And uh, just, you know, his message was heard. His message was heard because he said it right. And we need to learn how to say our message right as Christians. Yeah. All right, so today we're going to talk about um, the fact that it's possible that you can let your Christian liberty lead you right into dangerous idolatry. And that's really the theme of the talk here because, you know, we're back in 1 Corinthians in our Deep End podcast. Remember, Deep End podcast, we like to call this like Wednesday night Bible study on your time. So we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians. We took a couple breaks before Easter to talk about inviting people to our Easter services, and they were fantastic, by the way. 71 people came to Christ in North Atterboro. Amen. Two people in Woonsocket. Uh, several on online as well. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, great weekend. Great weekend. Now we're going to get back into our Bible study time, and that is this 1 Corinthians passage, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to go through uh, a few verses here. But basically what it comes down to is that we've been talking about this comment, this this conversation of the, the gray areas of Christianity for now four weeks, I think, on the podcast. This is week mm. four. Paul is trying to unpack for the Corinthians what you should do and not do in areas where there is some questionable, um, there's questions about whether that action is Christian or not. Like the, the Bible is not always black and white on every single thing that could come up in the human experience. Right. And so today it's, He's going to kind of close out this whole conversation at the last half of, um, in the last half of 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And basically what happened was, you know, he was telling the Corinthians, look, I know that there are pagans out there that uh, eat, that sell meat, uh, sacrificed to idols. I have no problem with you buying that meat. This was their issue, the meat sacrificed to idols. Right. I have no problem with you buying that meat. I have no problem with you eating that meat. You know why? Because our theology teaches us that there's only one God, and those gods that they sacrifice to do, do not exist. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. But there was a, there was a, a problem, and it's kind of like the human condition. You give people an inch, they take a mile. It's true. You know? yep. So in Corinth, there was a group of Christians who were very liberal with this. <clears throat> And they thought, well, if we can eat meat sacrificed to idols, 
I bet you what else we can do is go to their pagan festivals okay. and eat meat right there at the festivals because, after all, they're not actually sacrificing to a pagan god. And, and, and so they were actually taking the leniency of Paul and the leniency of the, of the debate to an unhealthy extreme. Mm. Now, this never happens in American Christianity. Not at all. <laughs> no, uh, we was... know exactly mm-hmm. where the boundary lines are. Right. But here's what I am saying to you guys today, and this is a very important topic for our church, and hopefully I'm, I'm speaking to a lot of Christians out there who are new to the faith. Our church is full of these people. Right. We love them, but they still have those remnants of the old life hanging on to their spirits, onto their emotional attachments. Mm. And, uh, you know, some conflict can arise even in our small groups between people of one ilk of Christianity, maybe longtime Christian. No, I've come, I've come to terms with the fact that that's just not acceptable for us as people of God. And right. then the people who are just recently saved, just basically just now coming into the faith, and they still have views about human life that are in conflict in many ways with the scriptures. So when that happens, what are we supposed to do? And how are we supposed to have the answers? Because the fact of the matter is, is that the Bible is not a manual that's going to answer every little uh, question that we have. Right. right. Not an instruction book. It's not an instruction book. And the Bible is not a blueprint that's going to unpack for you every single thing that you're ever going to experience uh, as a believer. And there are some things that you should not participate in, Christian, because they are tangentially idolatrous. Mm. That means that they are attached to um, a paganism, a spiritism, uh, a a philosophy, a, a religious almost experience that is completely demonic. And you have to be careful about this. Yeah. Some examples in America today for Christians, I don't think that these are healthy things for Christians to be engaged in, things like hypnotism. I don't think we should be engaged in that. Yeah. My daughter told me that they had a hypnotist come to their high school. Yeah, I did at a Catholic high school. Did a whole big, long, you know, hour-long presentation, got some people hypnotized. And I said to my daughter, you know, that's just like the public schools. You know, they (laughs) they don't want any Christianity, no prayer, no Bible, but we'll take hypnotism. Sure. Um, Like, imagine having uh, the outcry of a high school that would have a Bible teacher come in for an hour and do an assembly speech on the Bible. Oh, my. Oh, forget about it. But hypnotism, okay. Yeah. Um, New Age mysticism. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we have uh, had some run-ins with people who are into the New Age movement. Uh, the new age is kind of like old age now. I mean, yeah. this has been around yeah. for, since the 70s or 60s or whatever. Oh, it's still popular. Oh, you think? Still oh. popular? Yeah, yeah. I talked to a guy yesterday that was heavily yeah. involved Maybe in it. Yeah. He would know because he was saved a couple years ago. So I, I used to be saying. involved in all that myself. Yeah. I mean, right. it's been about I don't say seven that years. I say no, no, yeah. yeah. I was involved with all that seven years ago. So. Yeah. What? New age? All new, new age, age stuff, yeah. yeah, Reiki, transcendental. Meditation. So the question is: is is Chris the liberal friend? That yeah. would that be my yeah. liberal? You say, you let us know in the comments below. Well, most people are saying Shane is. So. Yeah, Shane I think it's pretty liberal. obvious. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious. Mr. Show him your tats. Tat, tat Show him your tats. Okay. <laughs> we, we love you. Horoscopes. I don't think Christians should be involved in horoscopes. Mm. You know, I don't think that you need to consult the stars when you can consult the one who made them. Amen. Hallelujah. Astrology is the same basically th- yeah. basic thing. Um, and mediums and spiritists. Oh. You know, you got to stay away from this stuff because there is a spiritual world out there. There is 
the God of creation, who is spirit, which Jesus says in John chapter four, but there are also false spirits, lying spirits, mm. um, tormenting spirits, uh, controlling spirits. They're all there in the gospels. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, they still exist today. A couple of weeks ago before Easter, we had a lady in our church on Saturday night had six demons cast out of her. Mm. I was there. You were there. I mean, you saw it. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that at all? Just the experience. Well, after it was all over, you know, she was going to a medium. Um, and that's... That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. She was, so she had been going to a medium. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She didn't go after we cast the demons out. Oh, no. <laughs> you found <laughs> no, out afterwards. No, afterwards. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we got to talk to her, and that's where it all happened. Yeah. We and believe if you, that. I do. Yeah. And if you open your heart, and if you open your life to these things, you are going to pay a price. Mm. Uh, Chris, you just went to the... Um, you just went to the uh, to a hospital. Yeah, I visited a guy yesterday who, um, you know, he told me he was waking up. He was seeing things, seeing shadows, waking up with scratches and, and everything. But then, you know, we got to talking and, yeah, he went to a medium. He went to, um, he had a lot of Reiki work done on him and he did a lot of deep uh, meditation and stuff. All stuff that I had history with, but uh, all stuff that opens you up. Yeah. Now, you know, if you're a Christian that, this stuff can't necessarily <clears throat> dwell in you, right? I mean, the demonic no, but it can stuff. Inf- it can influence you, right? Influence you, harm you, set you away from your actual purpose, all that. So, so my mission with him was to introduce him to Christ, right. so that he could overcome, you know, and and get away from this, and and hopefully, I think that he did. Um, only God knows, but only God knows, yeah. But but yeah, I think I used to study and practice all of that stuff. And looking back now, I, I thank God for pulling me out of that. So I think maybe that's why I have such a strong conservative opinion on it because yeah. I came out of it and, yeah. I, and I know the harm that it can do. Um, certain things can do on it. So, yeah. But, uh, but this guy, it, it's just every time we see these type of spiritual attacks, it seems like one of these um, things are involved in it. If it's a psychic or, yeah, or Reiki or, or something, you know? Yep. Yeah. So. And it's, uh, you know, there is a reality to the spiritual realm that we ha- we cannot be ignorant of because if we are ignorant of it, we yeah. pay the price. So let's get into 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If you have your Bibles open, it says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, verse 14, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. That was the verse that we left off on like three weeks ago when we were back in 1 Corinthians back then. So he says, flee from idolatry. In other words, don't mess around with this. Flee from it, run from it. And he says, look, I speak as to sensible people, judge for yourselves what I say. And I think that that's just an amazing thing that Paul says. Hey, you're not dumb. Okay. And Christians, I think you need to hear me say that you're not dumb. And that's what the Bible says. You're sensible people and you need to judge for yourselves what the scriptures say is true. I think that that is a phenomenal phrase to find in the Bible. You know, the Bible doesn't just say, uh, take it, believe it, receive it, don't ask any questions about it. Right. No, actually, right here in the Bible, on the pages of Scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 15, Paul is actually saying, judge for yourselves. Is this right or is this not? Right. Judge for yourselves from example, uh, experience. Judge for yourselves by the examples of other people who you respect and know. Judge for yourselves for practice of your own Christian life. Like, you're going to figure this out through experience and through self-exploration of whether or not the scriptures are true. I think that that is phenomenal about the Bible, and I think it's a wonderful part of the text that is actually commending us 
to examine it. You know, the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 17 that there was a group of people called the Bereans. Mm-hmm. They were in a city called Berea. And they actually took what Paul said and they measured it against the scripture. They examined it for themselves to see if it was actually true. Yeah, they did their own research. Wonderful, wonderful principle here for people who are new to the faith. Please don't just take what I say right. as right. like, you know, the gospel truth. No, sure. I think it is. I mean, I'm not trying to mislead you, but please check it out for yourselves in the scripture. Yeah. That's right. Check it. And, and we... If, yeah, I was just going to say, and we have classes for that too, like starting point where it introduces you to. Oh, you couldn't wait to go there. I, I, was, I was waiting. I was holding He's off on that. Yeah. Bit. Come on, I saw my open. That's the beard or starting point? It does start this <laughs> Sunday at 11.30 if you want to show up for starting, starting point. Starting point in the growth track class, start at but 11.30 this my, week. My whole point with that would just do your own research, and I think that class allows you yeah. to investigate with those questions. Okay, I'll be quiet now. We have a question? What, want to hit the question? Sure, we'll have a question right now. Uh, what if God gave the medium the gift? Oh, boy. What if God gave the media? Okay, first off, Scripture t- clearly yeah. tells us that God gives His people gifts. Um, yeah. The and by the way, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there is something called the discernment of spirits, mm. word of knowledge, uh, word of wisdom, things that will speak to people, other Christians. By, by, by the way, for the building up of the body. So it's speaking Christians speaking to Christians, mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, and I would say this about a medium who claims to have the gift from God. Please yeah. understand that the scriptures themselves say that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Right. Right. Satan is not a fool, friends. Satan didn't come out with little horns like the Tom and Jerry <laughs> cartoons. You yeah. know? He is going to disguise himself as someone good, holy, pure, even a preacher, possibly. Yeah. And so this is why you have to check it. Check it against scripture. Yeah. And don't just... Listen to somebody saying, well, I know that your pastor probably warned you against me, but I had the gift. Um, no, they don't. I'm going to tell you right now. If yeah. they're not a Christian, first of all, and if they're selling it, that's the other thing. Yeah. If they're selling it because oh, yeah, there was a true. magician yeah. in yep. Acts chapter 9, I yeah, think it was, good. Simon the magician, yeah. who saw the apostles perform the works of the Holy Spirit and then offer them money yeah. so that he could have that same power. Yeah. And Paul says, your money perish with you. Peter says, your money perish with you that you could think you could buy the gift of God with the Holy Spirit. And he actually even gives him a firmer warning oh, yeah. of judgment yeah. on that guy's soul to the point that Simon's like, please pray that these things don't come upon me that yeah. you just said. Because he wanted the gift for profiteering. Right. And the gifts of God are never for profiteering. Okay, yeah. The gifts of God are for the building up of the body. And anybody trying to make money on these quote-unquote gifts is a um, charlatan, and you want to be completely aware of that. But thank you for that question, because I didn't even think somebody would ask that question. But even if it's tarot card reading or or a medium that is going to offer for free, I would strongly suggest that you stay away from it, Chris. Yeah, of course. The only reason why they're offering it for free is because they want you to come back. First one's free. First one's free. (laughs) Okay, so let's get back into 1 Corinthians 10, because he's going to teach us. Paul's going to teach us how to handle this stuff. So verse 16, he says, the cup of blessing. Now he's talking again about, remember, he's going to be talking about that going to pagan feasts is like a no-go for Christians. Yeah. Okay. How is he going to get there? All right, well, he ba- let's, let's take a look at how Paul gets there. First, verse 16 says, The cup of blessing that we bless, in other words, Christians' food, Christians' meals. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not participation in the blood of Christ? And then he says, The bread that we break, is it not participation in the body of Christ? And then he says, verse 17, There is one bread, 
And we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Okay, he's talking about what we celebrate as communion. Mm. Now, in first century Christianity, uh, they didn't do a little cup and a little tiny piece of bread. They did what we call love feasts, or what they called love feasts. And they, so to celebrate communion, which I think we should get back to this, by the way. Whole to meals. celebrate communion, whole meals. Okay. And they would lift up the bread, and they would break it, and they would say, remember the Lord Jesus broken on the cross for us, and they lift up the cup of wine, mm. which I'm sure you would like, liberal friend over there, cup of wine. Cup of wine, talking to you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they would lift that up, and they would say, oh, the blood of Christ, and they would drink that, and they would celebrate, and they would have full-on meals. Nice. They, they called them love feasts because it was Christian love being celebrated <laughs> around a dinner, and that is, I think, we should get back to that. Yeah. We, that have, cool? we have economic... Economically yeah. <laughs> synthesized it to little cup of little cup of juice and a little piece, little more, a little smidgen of bread for mm-hmm. you. You know that that's what we've done with the with the feast that God was supposed to well did give us, and we have um, changed it. But anyway, in the first century, love <laughs> feast, and he's basically saying, look, remember that in our feasts, the bread, the cup, they bind us to to the work of Christ. When we and now again. Uh, we don't believe that the bread literally becomes mm. the body of Christ and the and the cup literally becomes the blood of Jesus. These are these are the body and blood in, of Christ in the sense that they remind us that we are his, right. that we take him into our lives, that be, that he is our nourishment. See, I don't even I don't call them symbols either because they're not just symbols. They are they are physical words and reminders to teach us about our faith that we take Christ into us that we and then also that we eat together. Yeah. Every time we celebrate communion as a church, we are we are sharing a meal together and sharing a meal in the ancient world and actually throughout all the cultures of the world is to literally say to people, "You're welcome here." Oh, good. You are in our family. You are in our group. You are in our clan. You are yeah. in our tribe. And so that's the point of those those uh, the body and the and the blood of Christ around the communion table is to say to ourselves who we are to mm. teach ourselves regularly. So Paul says that's our meal. Then he says, consider the people of Israel. Verse eighteen uh, are not those who eat sacrifices participant in participants in the altar. And he goes back way back to Deuteronomy chapter fourteen. And Deuteronomy chapter 14 gives the stipulations for sacrifices in the Old Covenant, which is people would come from miles away and they wouldn't carry their lambs and their goats and all that stuff to sacrifice because traveling in the ancient world with lambs and goats was a big pain in the neck. Sounds so they would bring money, money with them to the temple. And at the temple, they would exchange their money for a sacrificial animal and then they would sacrifice the animal. But here's the thing. And I think people forget this in the scriptures. This is a cool little stipulation about the Old Testament sacrifices. <laughs> In the Old Testament sacrifices, you offered the sacrifice, and then guess who ate the meat? The priest? You and the priest. Oh, okay, you and the priest. You and the priest would mm. sit down and have a meal together. Yeah, so you paid for the meal, and then you ate the meal. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And so this is also, let me tell you how that applies to us as New Testament saints. We ask you to tithe today, mm. okay? When you tithe, you get to eat the fruit of the tithe, because the tithe provides the wonderful children's program, the building, the wonderful music, yeah. the preaching of the word, which is always wonderful, wink, wink, and you get to eat <laughs> of the feast of God at our church. So you are a beneficiary. When you don't tithe, yeah. you're actually just robbing yourself. I got news for you. You're robbing yourself. But when you do tithe, you're giving back and you're getting back because you're going to get blessed by the church that has the means to teach you the word, raise, help you raise your children in the word. Mm-hmm. Like my kids learn so much from Waters' kids. I can't tell you. They learn more from that than me. 
<laughs> which is wonderful. Yeah. Every week my, my son gets out of Junior Elevate, he's telling me the things that he learned in the scriptures. Oh, that's and I'm a preacher and I'm his father. Uh, you know, people don't always listen. He to doesn't. He's, yeah, Noah, he's not going to listen to me as closely as he's going to listen to Noah and the sure, team that do yeah. that. The great job with our junior elevate teams, and that's by the way getting doubled. The space is getting doubled because of your generosity at Kingdom Builders. Oh, wonderful. But the point that I want to get back to you is that the Old Testament sacrifices they weren't just they were totally different from every other pagan nation. This is so cool. The pagan nations around Israel, when they sacrificed to their gods. They didn't eat anything. Oh. They believed that their sacrifices fed their gods. Oh, wow. Okay. And so God says, you're going to sacrifice to me, but you're going to eat the meat. Why? Share in it. Well, that and to teach you that I don't rely on you. You oh, rely yeah, on right. me. Oh, yeah. That's good. You don't have to feed me. Yeah. I feed you. Mm -hmm. And in your sacrificial offerings, you're going to be the beneficiaries with my priests in a love feast so that you are welcomed into my family. I just think... Wow, I never I, heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah, That's I great. think that that stuff is so cool. Yeah, it is. Because yeah. we think, and, and this is happening in our public school systems again and in the educational department of our country, is they are they are disregarding the, the wonderful benefits that the Bible has been to human history. Yeah. When we disregard the Bible, we also eliminate the wonderful benefits. Our justice system. Uh, the difference between manslaughter and premeditated murder. Where does that come from? From the Bible. Mm. Um, the right to trial, all those kind of principles. Where does that come from? Cities of refuge that God gave to the Israelites yeah. for anyone who killed somebody accidentally. They would California. go to the city of refuge and then they would hear their trial okay. later on. Where does the where do these principles about justice and equality and all these things come from? Friends, it comes from the Bible. Yeah, that's It great. comes from the Word of God. But anyway, back to the sacrifices. Paul's saying, you guys are like new Israel. As the Christian church, you're like new Israel. And so you come together in this love feast meal and you participate in the body and blood of Christ and you participate in the communion of the saints and you participate in the fellowship that God has given us through the blood of his son, Jesus. Mm. Then he says in verse 19, what do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything or that an idol is anything? He says, no, verse 20, I imply that pagans, and here's the, here's the, key, to, the, the key thought he wants to get across. I imply that what pagans sacrificed, uh, what pagans sacrificed, they offer to demons and not to God. I, and then he says, I do not want you to be participants with demons. Right. So he's saying, there's a huge difference between eating the meat that you bought at the market that was offered to the pagan god and going to the pagan feast and you know being around the whole event where they burned or they offered their mm -hmm. meats to the pagan gods and the demon spirits. Yeah. There's a big difference there. Yeah. And there's a big difference, Christians, for you. You've got to learn where the line has to be drawn about, well, what's a gray area and what's a black area? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes the, the gray areas... And I get I get leery of Christians, and I even for my own self, um, these Christians who want to participate in these gray areas so emphatically, like I have to do this. Well, why? You know, why do you want to mess around with something that might be even gray? Why not rather? Like what though? What you, well, I'm just saying, mean? like, the, okay, well, in our pre-meeting, it came up marijuana. Oh yeah. Okay, marijuana is legal today, I guess, right? In, uh, in officially, state? I yeah, think it is. You can now, have yeah. so much, like an ounce. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of Christians out there. They're so excited about this. They want to be able to smoke marijuana. But yeah. my, my point there is, why, why do you want to smoke that? Because there are some health problems with it, I sure. think. I'm pretty sure. Um, there's some issues about driving and marijuana smoking. Uh, it does affect your mind. 
Yeah. It does affect, it is a drug. Yeah. It affects your the capacities to think and, and, and uh, coordinate your body. And I, my point is, and I think Paul would come down on this and say, why do you want to go that far with, with any kind of usage of um, mental stimulants? Yeah. You know, and it's, so. Well, it's like getting drunk. It's like getting drunk. But even Absolutely. more so, marijuana yes. has a psychedelic aspect to psychedelic it, aspect. which I think go. can open you up, in my opinion, can open you up um, to spiritual stuff that you don't want to be involved with. So, yeah. Don't. Yeah, and that's a very, very valid point. Well, like, I think it's a gateway. Yeah, it's so, a gateway. So what's next? What's next? Yeah. What, like, and as I, I know that the studies have been proven, to have shown that it proves that, no, you don't right. go from marijuana to cocaine. Right. But you're already starting to dabble with that, and uh, what else is next for you, and all those kind of things. Those are valid questions. And the other point is, is that maybe the gateway is to... Um, mental stimulation or mental psychedelic experiences mm. that um, open you up to the demonic realm. You either don't that, know. Either that or I think they can lower your um, defense and open you up to another type of activity that that's, wouldn't be helpful That's for a great you, point, Chris. You know? That's a great point. Just like getting drunk, which the Bible says yeah. not to do. Why? Because then you might argue. Then you might, you know, go and sleep with somebody when you shouldn't. Something like that. Yeah. So yeah, the, God comes down when you're... In, intoxicated or high, you might do things that you wouldn't normally right. do. Right. Yeah. So going back to what Paul says here, let's take a look at verse 21, because he says, he actually comes down very firmly now. He says, you cannot, verse 21, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot participate in the table of the Lord and the table of demons. And then he says, shall we, shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? And uh, all the commentators that I read about this passage said, this is the strongest language Paul has for them so far in this whole segment. Like, you can't be messing around right. with this stuff. It will not be good for you. Mm. You are a Christian, and you must rather, um, if you're going to aim your life in some direction, aim your life in the direction of the Lord. Yeah. You know, don't aim your life at the directions of, well, how much can I do? How much can I get away with? Yeah. I think I said this a few weeks ago when I was in youth ministry. It was always the question of, well, how far can I go with my girlfriend physically? Right, right. Or how far can we go, you know, and all that stuff. And the question itself is flawed mm -hmm. because what you're basically saying is, I know that there's true joy and pleasure over there in fornication. Mm -hmm. So I want to know how close can I get before yeah. God says, ooh, shame on you. Right. No, you haven't read the scriptures. Yeah. The scripture says true joy and pleasure is in the presence of the Lord. True joy and pleasure sexually is in a bond of marriage between a man and a woman. Mm. And those are God's directives. Why not aim your life at that instead of aiming your life at the thing that is questionable and is going to lead you down a rabbit trail that might actually cost you personally? Yeah. yeah. So there are some big no-nos in the body of Christ. There are lines that have to be drawn. And I think in the gray areas of our lives, there are lines that we have to draw. So I just had some examples like, like the questionable area and then the hard line, no. Like there is a difference between doing yoga with your girlfriends to get a good stretch in, you know, and... With my girlfriends, yeah. 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 I knew Chris, Shane would point at me. Me and yeah. my girlfriends you and doing girlfriends yoga. <laughs> There's a difference between doing yoga with your girlfriends, ladies, and getting a <laughs> trance-induced Reiki massage. There's a difference. Mm. I'm sorry. Uh, you might be offended by this. I think that if you're messing around with Reiki, you are messing around with the occult. 
It is just refabricated occultic practices that you have to be careful with. I get the whole yoga thing. I've done some yoga poses. It stretches your backs and your muscles and all that kind of stuff. When I do yoga, I don't go to another mental place. I don't, you know, try to focus on my inward being. I'm, I think it's ridiculous to do that. I, I want the good stretch. You know, I'll leave the spiritism out. You know what I'm saying? Although that's how I used to do. There's a different type of yoga. And here's the difference, right. Yeah, uh, go mine for was it. called Kundalini Yoga, which was a dedicated religious practice. And right. uh, every pose that I did was, uh, I found out later that it was um, designed to worship one of the 10,000 Hindu gods. And I didn't even know that. I was just doing it. But the intent behind what I was doing was a spiritual practice. It was to get deeper into meditation and find answers outside. And so yoga for you is like completely off the table today. Yes. Yes. Because and for good reason, Chris. Yeah. I I completely support you in that. You know what I'm saying? Because you have those ties to those pagan roots. I'm very conservative about that. Yeah. What would you say to someone? That wants to do yoga, like he does yoga. Just yeah. Well, I, look, let's be clear. I yeah. don't do yoga. Right. right I right. do the stretches because yeah, okay. I think it was you who I met before you were a Christian and said, yeah. "Hey, have you ever done downward dog?" Because I had a back problem, right. and you know what? It actually helped me. I did downward dog. It helped my back. Mm. So I, when I do it, I'm sitting there saying, "I hope my back muscles is getting stretched." I'm not sitting there saying, "Yeah, who, you know, Hindu God, help me." The intent it. And just to answer quickly, and that's my go-to. I say, "Well, if your intent is to stretch, then stretch. You can do yeah. these stretches and." And and you don't have to call it downward dog. Just do this form of stretching, and it will be good for your lower back. And that's good. That's good. No, nothing wrong with that. But. Let me let me give another example. There is a difference between going to the casino for the cheap buffet <laughs> and playing the slots with your unsaved friends for hours. Mm. Like there's a difference. Yeah. One is hey, I'm saving money. The other one is I'm throwing God's money away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hmm. I've gone to casinos because they have a prime rib buffet for three ninety nine. Hello. Okay. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Hmm. I want to go there. But there's yeah, a difference a between one. that. Really yeah, it is good. I fucked with, yeah. But there's a, <laughs> there's a difference between <laughs> that slot machines now. and going well, to the know. slots and you're playing for hours and you're throwing all kinds of money away and you're not being a good steward of God's financial resources. I just don't think that that's healthy for a Christian. But what if? All your bills are paid. You <laughs> it's tithe, extra money. You, you tithe, you give to charity, and you go to get the buffet and say, hey, let's take 30 bucks and see what well, happens. $30, I mean, I'm, you know, come on. Oh. I'm but, talking about like... Because I was thinking about going Friday, but now I'm like, oh. No, well, you're, I'm talking about people who are sitting there, and they're putting thousands upon thousands of dollars into the casino, and, and, the, and the results of casinos upon the lives of its society are not healthy. Yeah. Like nobody's going to uh, Las Vegas for the spiritual benefits. No. You know, they, I mean, we, we love Las Vegas because there's people there that God loves, but it's not a healthy society around the casino area. And you see it right. like radiate oh, yeah. outward from the casinos. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sure. my question to Christians <laughs> is, true. where are you sowing your seed? Remember a few mm. weeks ago, we said, where, wherever you sow will grow. If you sow money into the casinos, they're just going to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's a funny thing about how whenever the economic downturn happens in our country, the answer for politicians is more casinos, more casinos. But what is the ultimate reality of more casinos in the, con- in the, in the context in which they are, uh, yeah. they are built and, and, uh, and frequented? It's not good. No, drugs and prostitution follow. I saw a statistic when it came up, should we open the one in Plainville? And drugs and prostitution follow every casino wherever yeah. the built surrounds it. So yeah. I mean, Massachusetts money. thinks they're going to do it right. Well, yeah. let's see. We'll see. I don't know. I think that my money is God's money. And yeah, do I put money in things that are not 
you know, always going to be the best thing. Well, of course. But do we put an exorbitant amount? Right. No. That where we could rather sow it into the kingdom, rather sow it into my kids and their future, rather sow it into my savings and retirement mm. and the poor and all those things that actually God does care about. Like maybe we got to start thinking about these things. And again, not get legalistic, but let it come from a heart that's been changed and regenerated through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think Shane was thinking more if I have an entertainment budget and yes, it's 30 of course. or $40, I mean, I'm, sure, no big deal. I can scream over that. I yeah. wouldn't worry about well, that. Well, good, because I'm going Friday. All right. <laughs> And, I, and again, budget. I ask you, friends, which one is my liberal friend and which one is my conservative? Okay, so, and then let me give you another example, because I got a couple more. There is a difference between participating in Halloween because your kids like free candy and consulting the dead through a medium. Yeah, okay. some people actually do. Both have, their, both have roots in the same thing, and I get that, but... Um, you, you, why are you consulting the dead when Jesus said, I am he who was dead and is alive again, and you can talk right. to him now? Amen. Okay, again, what are you aiming your life? What direction are you aiming your life in? I want to go further away from God, or I want to go closer to God. As a Christian, to have the Holy Spirit in me, I should feel a constant tug. Mm. I should feel a constant desire. I want to get closer to God. I, it doesn't mean that you might feel like you are closer to God, but the want is there. Mm. See, God, when you become a Christian, friend, God changes your wants. It's true. He doesn't necessarily change what you do just yet. He changes your wants, what you want to do. And if you don't have any desire to get close to God, that's a big warning sign. Mm. Like, check your faith. Check whether or not you're conser- converted to Christ or you just really like the music at Water Church. Yeah, you true. know, Because there is a difference between those two things. I got another one. Uh, there is a difference between loving your your gay neighbor and going to their wedding. Yeah, wow. I think there's a difference. Uh, comment in the comment section. Yeah, I think yeah. that there's a big there's a big difference. I want to love my it's gay true. neighbor. I want to love my neighbor as myself, whoever they are, Hindu neighbor, Muslim neighbor, mm. whatever. But loving my Muslim neighbor doesn't mean I go and celebrate Ramadan with that person. That's good. Yeah. Uh, loving my Hindu neighbor doesn't mean I go over there and you know pray and do the the little meditation moment with them. That's right. not loving my neighbor. That's actually participating in yeah. their in their paganism. And again, loving a gay person. A Christian, if you hate gay people, you're not being a Christian. Right. Got news for you. Yeah. But if you're starting, to, if you're starting to promote it, if you're starting to celebrate uh, what clearly Scripture says is not uh, the way God designed marriage, yeah. you've crossed a line. And I know that this one probably will generate a lot of comments because we have a lot of people in our church with gay friends, gay mm-hmm. or homosexual uh, children, and what do I do? And it's a very difficult and tenuous area. Oh, man, it this is. one, I just, it's not going away, though. Oh, it's getting harder. And we've got to keep talking about it. Pastor, why do you keep talking about this? Because it's not going away. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I'll make a deal because we had somebody comment in our Google page. They actually said, Pastor Tim said two homophobic things. First off, you're clueless because you don't even know what homophobia is if you think I was homophobic. Yeah, are you afraid of I was, homosexuals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking about what the scripture says about marriage and he didn't like it. And so he went on our Google page and gave us a better view about that. But the problem is, why do you keep talking about it? Because the world doesn't stop talking about Amen. it. I'll tell you, I'll stop talking about it as soon as as soon as the world stops talking so about it. So we won't. It. But I'm here as a Christian minister to help Christians in my church, friend. That's what I'm here to do. Mm. I've got to give them Christian teaching about relevant issues in our culture. And as soon as the culture doesn't talk about it anymore, I, you got a guarantee from me. I don't need to talk about it anymore. And what did you say this weekend? Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate, Haters yeah. Haters going to hate. Um, so verse 21, he says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Christians, there are times to draw the line. So 
How do I know? This is the big question now. How do I know when I'm crossing the line? And yeah. I got four questions. Okay. So four questions and then we're done. <laughs> Number one is the edification question. The edification question begins with E. Edification. <clears throat> is what I'm doing, here's the question. Mm. Is what I'm doing building up the body of Christ or not? So Paul says in verse 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. Right. All things are lawful, but not all things build up, edify. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So are you building up the body of Christ with what you're participating in, or are you not? Mm -hmm. Now, again, there are some amoral events, like $30 in the casino is not going to either build up or destroy the body of Christ. Right. But, you know, there are some things that you could be called into or invited into, and you it's just not helpful for you, spiritually speaking. It's not helpful for your spirit. And I think that the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in your body to give you the discernment so that you can start to feel, wait yeah. a second, this isn't right for me. Yeah. You know, maybe in my old life this was okay because I didn't have the Holy Spirit taking up residence in my body. I'm now a temple of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. And there are things that the, my, the Holy Spirit, you know, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Right. 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 And so there are things that, the, that will grieve the Holy Spirit. I can tell you one thing for me. All right. And I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. And again, uh, comments below, please, yeah. if you disagree, especially I cannot and my wife and I will not watch television shows like Game of Thrones. OK, we will not watch that show. I can ruin it. They all die in the end. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. I'm I've heard kidding. that. I don't know. I um, don't watch it. I, I actually stopped watching. I don't have HBO anymore. I got rid of it well, two years go. ago, so I haven't seen it in two years. Who's I don't have HBO now? either. That's the other problem. Who's the liberal guy now? Well, I'm not saying no, that. Uh, yeah, but can yeah. I tell you some? Yeah. Can I tell you some Christians that have told me? Well, There's a lot not, of bad stuff on there. Well, they say no. They say this: the Christians who watch it. Well, you're not actually you're not actually participating in that stuff. Ooh. Yeah, but why do I want to put that in my face, uh, and especially in front of my children's face? And we'll get to that that one. That's going to be the last question we ask. But live, here's the thing: you're watching it, and you're going to stir up some things. Oh yeah, in your what spirit. does David say? Not to put anything vile, vile in front of my in eyes. In front of my eyes. And I tell you, there's vile stuff in that show. There's vile I mean, stuff. Yeah, there is. And every, a lot of And so then the other yeah, end, yeah, but let me be oh. let me be devil's advocate okay. one more time because Christians have said this too. Yeah, well, there's a lot of vile stuff in the Bible and we read right, about right, it. Right, right, right. And there is, and I agree with you. Sure. But here's the difference, friend. In the Holy Scriptures, the vile things are there for a redemptive purpose and aim. Mm. In other words, all the vile stuff is is pointing us to God's redemption yeah. right. of our souls from that stuff. Right. Yeah. In the purpose. worldly presentation of that vile stuff, there is no redemptive purpose. Yeah. In fact, even like secular uh, cultural commentators on Hollywood films are saying this. Today, Hollywood films have lost any sense of redemptive value to mm. their stories, even from a secular standpoint. The, 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 the movie ends, like if you've seen uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Depressing. The movie ends and there's no resolve. There's, yeah. no there's no redemption. Like I can see a movie where, where, yeah, there's a whole bunch of crap that you see, mm -hmm. but there's a redemptive storyline the yeah. person comes back or somebody is saved or somebody's rescued from the crap but today's hollywood stories are no nah, we just end with crap there's more <laughs> bad endings i mean i i felt that way in a couple of tv shows tv shows end negatively it's like eight years of this and nothing's resolved which one are you talking you know? about uh breaking Dexter. bad breaking bad was, breaking bad is a great example one, you know uh yeah the, and that you see the guy go from a good person slowly to a bad person oh, yeah i mean he's slowly Changes that way, and then at the end, it's like you're celebrating him and, and, not doing well. Yeah. And let me just say, too, that you know um, we're seeing all these school shootings. Yeah. 
And I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody says. The, there is a media influence upon our teens oh, sure. to get more violent. Uh, I read an article uh, just <coughs> yesterday. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania came up with a study, and this is shocking. Mm. There is today more gun violence depicted in PG-13s today, oh, yeah. PG-13 movies today, than there are in R-rated movies. Wow. Than there is in R-rated movies. Okay. More gun violence in PG-13 movies today than in R-rated movies today. And the number has doubled. The amount of gun violence in PG-13 movies has doubled over the last 20 years. Wow. So the PG-13 of 1984 or 5 is not the same as today or right. 1995 is today. Uh, comic book character movies, all that kind of, all those movies, PG-13. So you take your 13-year-old and let's be honest, you're taking your 11-year-old because mm. you don't care. Right. And you're taking your 11-year-old, you're taking your 10-year-old and they're seeing more gun violence than ever before. Yeah. And you're telling me that that has no effect? That has yeah. no effect on our teens? That's baloney. I refuse to accept that. Um, and there's no quantitative study measure that you can tell me has, uh, has put that idea to rest. Sure. More in-your-face violence will cause more aggression inside of you. I don't, yeah. I don't care who you are. Of course. Um, desensitizes. It desensitizes you. And, uh, and then the... Um, the, the, the kids grow up. They don't know how to process this. And I also saw in the article, too, that it said that the PG-13 violence gives you all the shooting and the action, but none of the consequences. So you don't see the person who has been shot. You don't see the funer funeral. You don't see the family crying. You don't see them suffering and hurting in pain. You just see the shot. They fall down and the action moves on. And uh, it desensitizes us to the reality of what gun violence does. Yeah. Question. I see you guys pointing. Yeah. It looks like we lost the feed on Facebook. So. Oh, man. Yeah. But that's all right. People are going to listen to it late, later. Yeah, they'll listen later. Yeah. Well, oh. join us on, yeah, later. That's right. On the uh, questions? It's still, it's still yeah. recording. We're still recording, so, so we're going to continue. Uh, yeah. We are not going to stop. You're going to listen later. Okay. You're listening now. Do we have questions that we need to answer? Uh, no, I think no? Okay. comments mostly. All right. So here's what he says in verse 25. He says, uh, have I, oh yeah, the edification building, the, the edification question. Then he goes on, he says, eat whatever is sold in the meat market. So he's talking again about that. That's fine. Don't raise questions. Verse 26, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. In other words, God owns it all anyway. So if you eat meat that's sold in a, in a pagan right, palace so and they're yeah. not, you know, yeah, it's fine. Uh, but then he says, if, if an unbeliever invites you to dinner and you're disposed to go, go and eat whatever's set before you without raising questions on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then mm. don't eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. And he says, I do not mean your conscience, but his. In other words, if a Christian, a con like your conservative friend comes over to you and says, hey, by the way, I want you to know that this is bad, actually, because they actually sold, they, they made that, they offered that to pagan gods and now you're eating it. Well, don't eat it right. because that person's conscience is weak right. again. Yeah. Be more concerned with how they feel than how you feel. Right. How do you think that would uh, play out in a modern, in a modern scene? You know, like uh, somebody invites you over and they say, you know, I, I prayed to so and so <laughs> about this food. I don't know. I just think that I put it on the spot, but there's got to be some modern way. Like it's okay if I, maybe like you said, it's okay if I do the stretchings of the yoga, but not the meditation afterwards yeah. or the, the, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. Sure. Well, I would be careful about um, how you participate in that. you know, you're going to have to be like, if you, okay. Okay. If I was, if my wife had a problem with it, I wouldn't do it. Okay. You yeah. know, if my wife or my children said, That's Hey good. dad, you know, I That's have a real problem them. with you. I am not going to do it yeah. because I don't want them to be 
thinking, oh, here's dad bending the rules. Yeah. Right. right. And so what are they going to bend the rules about? And then it yeah. won't edify the body in Christ. Yeah. yeah. So that's a gr- that's a great point to make, too, for married people, because married people are always arguing about some gray area convictions. Yeah. And I think uh, Christians who are married to Christians, why not just acquiesce to your un- to your saved spouse? Mm-hmm. You know, why not acquiesce to them and say, I have no problem with my, but my wife or my husband, they have a problem with it. I'd rather I'd rather submit myself to their you know, to their issues rather than put them through extra, uh, more strain spiritually than they need to have yeah. on their life. Yeah, it's a true story, for sure. Yeah. Especially with <laughs> movies and stuff. Like, some things don't bother me, oh, yeah. but you'll be like, I can't. Same like, here. I'm not just, all right, turn it off. Shut it off. Just shut it off. That's why. Why argue? Just yeah. turn it off and don't watch it, and you're not going to miss much. Trust me. Hollywood yeah. is not making great Such movies lately. Such a good husband, <laughs> huh? Such a good husband. Oh, thank you, Chris. Yeah. Hopefully Marianne thinks the same. Yeah. <laughs> question <laughs> number Let me move on fast. <laughs> question number two is the exalting question. Will this bring glory to God? Mm. Because that's what Paul's going to say in verse 31. He says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Amen. So your stretching can be can be done to the glory of God. Can he, can you really smoke marijuana to, to the, the glory, glory of God? Yeah. Can you really do that? I've because actually heard people say I I I've literally heard people say you know when I when I smoke more I get more deep into the scriptures and blah blah blah. Doesn't make sense to me, but I've heard that excuse. Yeah, yeah. God made it. I heard that. Like, yeah, God made it right. Sure, yeah. but I've heard you know to, to to Tim's point, you know, well, I get really deep into the word when I get high. I've heard that. Yeah, you know, I I don't see it, but I've heard it. So yeah, I, I think you're lying to yourself. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah. the the word again in Revelation chapter twenty one verse eight says they did not repent of their sorcery and the word sorcery in greek is pharmakia which we get the word pharmacy from which we get the word pharmaceutical from or the same words are from the same greek Mm -hmm. word the two words are from the same greek word pharmakia and so when when it comes to sorcery Mm -hmm. drugs wow think about that that's how the scriptures relate drugs uh, what the what the scriptures relate drugs to it's sorcery and it is because you're opening up your spirit i'm sorry you are and can I tell you that there is a much better spirit you want to open yourself up to? It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> you know, Paul, not without, not without um, strategy, Paul uh, parallels being drunk with wine to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. In Ephesians yeah. chapter 5, 18, he says, Do not be drunk with wine, whereas in excess or in debauchery, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He's basically making a little bit of a equivalency, a positive equivalency of the Holy Spirit fullness to uh, alcohol fullness. Alcohol fullness, what does it do? It makes you bold. Mm-hmm. You know, you say things you <laughs> wouldn't normally say. It makes yeah. you happy. Yeah. It makes you joyful. It gets you a little bit looser and all that stuff. Well, guess what? The Holy Spirit does all those things, but without the hangover. Yeah. Sure. Yep. The Holy Spirit makes you bold. The Holy Spirit helps you say things that you should say, mm-hmm. with, that you're more hindered to say. The Holy Spirit makes you happy. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know? true. Yeah. Um, and all those things are the truer form of what alcohol promises you. Friends, I'm, telling, I'm just telling you, God is always better. He's always yeah. better. No bear goggles with the Holy Spirit. Which, which way are you aiming? Okay. Number three is the evangelism question. Number three, evangelism question. So we have edification question. Does it build up the body of Christ? Exalting question. Does it bring glory to God? Three, evangelism. Will this serve the cause of the gospel? Mm. So here's what Paul says in verse 32. Give no offense to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, 
that they may be saved. Amen. In other words, Paul says, I measured what I do and what I don't do by, is this going to lead people to Christ or is it going to repel them from Christ? Yeah. So again, can you do what you want to do in the gray areas of Christianity in a way that leads people toward toward the faith? Right. Or is what you're doing um, actually causing them to have a distaste for Christianity? Mm-hmm. And you know, it should be said, and it should be reemphasized today in modern Christianity. We are supposed to be different. Yeah. We are not like the world. Right. And that is okay. In fact, it's fantastic mm-hmm. to not be like the world. Have you learned have you heard the news lately? Mm. <laughs> it's wonderful to be in the body of Christ. It is a privilege to be in the body of Christ. It is a joy to be in the body of Christ. Amen. So why why do you want to do things that the pagans take care take revelry in when you've been given greater and more precious promises in the body of Christ? Yeah. You're different and you're different on purpose and you're not made. You're not made to fit in. You were born again to stand out and uh and serve that that call of Christ on your life. That's good. Number four question, and then we're done. This is it. Number four question is the example question. The example question is, and this is a big one for the gray areas. I think that this question is probably the the best question to ask. When you're dealing with an when when you're dealing with a questionable thing that you could participate in as a, as a Christian, there's no outright scripture against it, but at the same time, it might not be right. The question is this. Does this action serve as a good example for believers coming up after me? Yeah. Yeah. And listen, parents who watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> you know, it's all about Game of Thrones. Is this is this a good idea for you to participate in that in front of your children? Because I'm going to tell you right now, mm. what is permissible in one generation, the next generation coming up after them takes it a step further. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Fact. That's for sure. That's true. You know, you and so... I think I think every question of morality in our world can be answered by one simple question. I really do think this. Yeah. If you would allow your children to do it, if you would be happy if your children did it, mm-hmm. then it's okay for you. Okay. Almost I think almost any question of morality can be answered by that question. So if I don't have kids, I can do anything I want. No, 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 no I'm well, just no, kidding. I'm sorry. If you had kids. Yeah. Because, like, like, think for this. Th- yeah. Think of this. I know people my age slept around high school, didn't care. I'm gonna sleep with whoever I want to sleep with, you know, whatever. But they are so strict about their their kids. Yeah, that's dating true. That's so strict. From my mistakes, you hear that all the time. Exactly. Right? Learn from oh. my mistakes. Exactly. I was just talking about this the other night. Yeah. And do you know why? Do you know what? Because you just <laughs> became a parent who actually realizes that there are some things that are good for kids and some things that are not good for kids. Yeah. And guess what? God says, I am father. Yeah. You're my kids. Mm-hmm. And so often we we want to say no to his fatherhood. At the same time, we want to be good fathers of our children. Right. right? You know, the question of having premarital sex mm-hmm. or, or the question of having babies out of wedlock. Like there are some people who would actually castigate me, a Christian preacher, for saying we're not going to celebrate babies born out of wedlock. Right. We're not going to celebrate that. I'm sorry. And we're not going to throw showers for babies born in wedlock either. That's not our job. That's not the church's job. That's your family's job. Yeah, right. but, the, but the point <laughs> that I'm trying to make is um, let me ask anybody who has no problem with babies born out of wedlock. All right. Let me ask this question of you people. Would you would you like to be that baby born out of wedlock? Yeah. Just ask yourself that question. Right. You have a choice. You have a choice between b- being born to a single mom, uh, being born 
and and uh, or, or being born to a loving uh, mother and father. Mm-hmm. You have you have a chance to do it all over again. Go back in the womb. Which one do you pick? Honest. Be honest, because you and I and I know it. We'd all pick the loving mother and father. Yeah, so then don't go and say, no, this is okay, because we, we've resolved with this. This is okay. No, it's not okay. You know it's not okay. Yeah. And I think that that's the number one question, the example question. Does this serve as a good example for my children, mm. for the believers who are coming into the church after me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I still have to learn this as a pastor, because you know when, you, when you're a pastor, you're kind of in the, in the fishbowl, and people watch you even closer. Mm. And it's hard, you know, it's not easy always, all the time to, to surrender my rights for that sake because I want to be like, hey, I'm free, you know, I'm yeah, free, right. I know what's right. But I also have to ask those questions of myself, and I don't always get it right. I'll be the first to say, mm-hmm. you know, if you've seen me do some things, you say, Pastor, I've seen you, you're speeding down the road. I'm just like, I know, I'm sorry, <laughs> Lord help me, and I'm trying to change, but, you know, that's... That's not even in the Bible. But would you want your daughter to speed? I would down not the want road. my daughter to speed. There That's we right. Go. I shared that with this with the audience a couple of months ago. I said, yeah, I, I used to have a problem with the speed limit. Now we're friends. Because mm. she got her permit a couple of months ago. <laughs> That's good. You know, and it's like, that's the question though. And you have to say, yeah, you gotta be intellectually honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because there are things in the scriptures that God wants you to avoid. And you want to say, yeah, but I know I can do it. I could get away with it. It's, it's all right. It's not, not a big deal. All right, but would you let your kids do it? And if you wouldn't let your kids do it, it's probably not right. Right. Yeah. And the reason why it's not right is because your father is your, the God is your father and you're his kid and he loves you enough to say, that's not right for you either. Amen. And that's what Paul says. Verse 11, I mean, chapter 11, verse 1, he says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. In other words, I am so, I am so confident that what I'm saying is right. I ask you, Imitate me in this. Yeah. Imitate me in this. Can other people look at you and say, I want to be a Christian in the way that that person's a Christian? Anyway, yeah. that's my thoughts. That's good thoughts. You guys have any questions? Any thoughts? We're yeah. so glad that everybody joined us today. Yes. Uh, in case you haven't figured it out yet, my liberal friend is Shane Parsons. He is also our executive pastor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, my Christian friend. My Christian friend. <laughs> my true Christian My true friend. Christian Whatever. conservative friend over here <laughs> is um, Chris McEwen. And we are glad that you joined us. This was The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's Deep End podcast. We pray that you continue to grow in your faith and that you would serve and support your local church. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us this weekend at Waters Church. We are located at 57 John Deach Square in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. And you can join us every Saturday at 4 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11.30 a.m. Make sure to stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Deep End Podcast.